Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. I appreciate you. We appreciate everyone. And as Nathan said, we appreciate Pastor Jason and Cheryl. You know, some people think, I'm telling you, if you think pastoring's easy, uh, you know, people say play golf and preach on Sunday. Uh, that's not really true. How many of you know that's just not really true? And I, I've learned from experience, I've been pastoring a while now, that some people think it's their job to keep the pastor humble. I, I just want to relieve, if that's you, I'll just relieve you from that duty right now. Okay. Because the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So you just keep yourself humble. I promise you, when you give uh, your pastor the honor and the credit that is due him, and I'm telling you, as I've watched from afar how you guys have weathered the last year and a half, your pastor, your leadership team deserves double honor. So you kind of patty caked a little bit ago. So let's get, hey, Pastor Jason, we love you. Come on, give him, let him know you love him today. Woo! Amen. And Nathan said it is Memorial Day. And uh, listen, the Bible says this, greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. And that's what, that's what Memorial Day weekend is all about. And so we honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice uh, in the laying down of their lives and military service. And let me just say, if you're here today and you have a family member who's, at, who's laid down their lives at, at, in military service, just lift your hand wherever you are. God bless you. 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 We appreciate your willingness. And, and, and even in, in today, you know, for us, for Sadly, for a lot of Americans, it's just a day off and a time, you know, barbecue and grill. But listen, we cannot forget the price those have gone before us have paid for our freedoms that we hold dear and near today. So, hey, we honor them. Let's give them, hey, maybe in, in, in God's, uh, you know, in all eternity, they can hear us. I know that, that there's a great cloud of witnesses watching down on us. Let's just give those who've gone before us and stood in the gap for us and paid the ultimate sacrifice a little love today and let them know if they can hear us. Hey, for these family, we love you. Thank you. We appreciate you so much. Now this morning, I, I just want to share some thoughts with you about what's going on in the world today, what's really been going on really uh, for the ages. I want to talk to you about warfare wisdom, defeating your enemies with the knowledge of God. Now, let me set this up for you. If you haven't figured out by now, and I'm sure you have, uh, there's a spiritual warfare going on all around us. Are you with me? In fact, Paul the Apostle said in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I've got some good news for you this morning. How many of you love good news? I'm going to set this up. I've got good news. Then I've got a little uh, biblical prophetic warning for us uh, as we just kind of, I'm just going to scratch the service. I, I'm just going to stir the pot a little this morning and you're going to have to take it home with you. You're going to have to flesh it out. You're going to have to apply it and appropriate it in your life today because there is a spiritual battle going on and it's heating up. I, I have this sneaking suspicion that the devil knows he doesn't have much time left and he's stirring it up. 
He's doing his best to do what he can to undermine the purpose and plan of God for all of our lives. So here we go. The, the, here's, the, here's the good news. We live in the middle of two great prophetic declarations of victory. Let me set it up for you. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus talking to his disciples. What does he say about you and me? He prophesies about the church. And he says, the church that I build, he said, I will build my church. Somebody say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so here we are today. I will build my church. And here's the prophetic declaration. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I, I say, I'm from Texas, so I have to beg for it. Uh, hey, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on now. Now, that, that was a prophetic declaration of something that hadn't even, tra- the church was not born yet. So he prophesied about our victory before we were ever born on Pentecost Sunday. And then fast forward to Revelation 12, 11, uh, the, a declaration of the end. How many, how many of you like to know how things turn out sometimes? Here, here it is, Revelation 12, 11, and they, he's talking about us, the church, and they overcame him, that's the devil, But catch this, follow me. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. How many appreciate what Christ has done? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now now that clicks us into gear and makes us responsible for the end time victory of the church. He does what he's done, what he's done. He'll continue to do what he's doing, but we must step up to the plate and realize as we stand between these two great prophetic declarations of victory, hey, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And now here comes our memorial insight and they love not their lives unto death. And so we have a part, we have a huge part to play when it comes to this victory. We're standing in the middle. How many of you appreciate the fact that he prophesied our victory? He declared it even in Revelation. Just look around, tell somebody, we win. We win. But here comes the, de- here comes the prophetic warning. This is where you and I have to stay engaged with the purpose of God for our life. Hosea 4, 6. My people this is God, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I, every, repeat after me. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now that's a prophetic warning for us. Here we stand in the middle of these two great prophetic declarations of victory and we still have to play it out. We still have to do our part. We can't sit idly and ignorantly by when the devil is doing everything he can to steal, kill and destroy and undermine the purpose of God for our life. So we have a great responsibility. The word destroyed is very interesting. It means to be dumb or silent thus fail or perish. To be dumb or silent, it it, it really builds on this whole thought. To be dumb or silent, thus fail or perish. Here's my take. To fail or perish because of ignorant silence. Now, go back to Revelation 12, 11. Let, Let me link this. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the what? The word of their testimony. In other words, they were not silent. 
they spoke up, the end times church will not be silent. Look at your neighbor and say, we can't be silent. And so we, we, he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so therefore understand something. There's some things we need to know before we go out into the battlefield. We can't just go blindly. We can't just stick our head in the sand and just, and just hope Pastor Jason or the leadership team or someone else will do our praying for us and do our spiritual battles for us. There's some things we need to know before we go. In fact, Isaiah 5.13 says this, my people go into captivity because they have no knowledge. And so we need warfare wisdom. Somebody say warfare wisdom. If you're online today, hey, uh, warfare wisdom. We need the wisdom of God in our life more today than ever before. The more tomorrow than even today. And so I stir the pot for you today and ask you to just really begin to uh, uh, set yourself to know some things that are going on, some things you need to know before you go. Because spiritual ignorance is killing God's kids. And so let me share a few things with me. How many of you will go with me just for a few moments? Let me give you three thoughts. Number one, you need to know your enemy. I'm not talking about personal relationship. But you better know your enemy. You better know what he's up to. Uh, this is one of the key insights of, uh, of military warfare. You've got to know your enemy. You ever heard of the CIA? It's the central what? Say it out loud. Intelligence agency. What's their responsibility? To know our enemies, most, both foreign and domestic, to be able to know what they're up to, to be ahead of the game. Listen, you and I need to know our enemy. We need to, we need to know who we are up against. We have an enemy. He's introduced to us in Matthew 4 when, he was, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the the devil, the word devil, diablos, false accuser and slanderer. Jesus said this in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's who our enemy is. His plan, his, and in fact, to steal, the Greek word is, is klepto. He's a kleptomaniac. He can't help it. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill uh, your life and the spirit of God within you. That, that word kill means to sacrifice by fire, to burn at the stake. I'm telling you, he, to the degree God has mercy, the devil has no mercy. His whole plan is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And Paul said to the church in Corinth, we can't be ignorant of his devices. In other words, we got to know our enemy. You got to realize something. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Whatever God wants to do in your life, he wants to steal it. He wants to steal your joy. Some of you came in here today. I, have, I, I just know this because I've been a pastor. Some of you today came in here like, and looked like you've been baptized in pickle juice. <laughs> Look around, make sure there's nobody. They think it's spiritual. What's happened? The devil's stolen your joy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal everything that is good and right and holy in your life. He wants to, hey, in, in effect, burn you at the stake and, and, and destroy your life. You better know your enemy. You better know who you're up against and realize you can't keep your head in the sand. You gotta be ready. You gotta be ready to fight the battles. You need some warfare wisdom, for goodness sake. Are you with me? Say amen. 
Number two, you need to know your identity. Now, this is important. You got to know your enemy, but you got to know who you are in Christ Jesus. How many of you know Paul said we're a new creation in Christ Jesus? John said this in John chapter uh, 1, verse 12. He said, but as many as received him. If you're here today and you've received him, just say hallelujah. That's us. He's talking to us. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. If you believe in the name of the Lord, if you put your confidence, if you put your trust in him today, you are a child of Almighty God. That's who you are. All the children of God, give him some praise this morning and thank him. Woo! You're not who you used to be. Somebody say amen. amen. If you're close to someone, you know who, who they were before they became a, just say, thank God you're not what you used to be. <laughs> we're children of God. In fact, Paul said this in Romans chapter eight. He said, we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. This is huge when it comes to your spiritual victory and, and being able to stand fast in the face of adversity in life and the onslaught of the enemy. You got to know who you are. Paul said to the Galatians in Galatians chapter three, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. All the children of God said, amen. Amen. And so we embrace, we have to know our enemy, but we also, got, we, we also have to know our new identity in Christ, that we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We belong to him. He belongs to us. We're part of the family of God. And that's our new identity in Christ. Now, let's go back to Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Matthew 4, follow me. The Bible says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the who? The, the devil. And then you know the story. The devil comes and tempts him and says, hey, if you be the son of God, turn this stone into what? Bread. If you be the son of God, cast yourself down off the pinnacle of the temple. And then he kind of gets confused with what the Bible really says. And he misquotes it a little bit. And he says, you know what the Bible says. Hey, be careful when the devil starts quoting scripture to you. He'd get it all mixed up. He said he'll give his angels charge over thee. And, and so how many of you know Jesus just said it is written. We'll talk about that in a moment. But catch this. We're talking about our identity. The real temptation was not to turn stones into bread. The real temptation was not to get him to cast himself off the pinnacle of the temple and prove himself and prove his identity. The real temptation was a little subtle when he said, if you be the son of God, if you be the son of God, the real temptation was to get Jesus to doubt who he was. Now, not that he would doubt, but that was the real temptation. And that's the real temptation for each of us. Because if we don't know who we are in Christ, we will be defeated by our enemies. If you're with me, say amen. 
kind of the cool thing, uh, the chapter right before that in Matthew chapter 3, it ends with this, Jesus being baptized, and God speaks from heaven, and he just makes this declaration. And I, I just kind of think all of this is linked together. Uh, God says from heaven, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. He declared to the universe, God said, that Jesus was the son of God. I just got a feeling the devil said, I don't know if you're a Ricky Ricardo fan. Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. If he knows who he is, I'm in trouble. And that's the same way with you and me. We've got to know our enemy, but we've got to know our identity in Christ. We're children of God. All the children of God set up straight and just feel, oh, come on now. Come on, children of God. Look around. Just make sure they look like children of God. Amen. We're heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So you have to know your identity. You have to know who you are in Christ. And then number three, you got to know your spiritual authority. I'll call it your God-given authority. We have authority as children of God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Luke 9, 1 says this, then he, that is Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them, here's the good part, it's free, he gave it to us, he gave them power and authority over all devils, that'd have been a good place to say amen right there. He gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. He's given us his authority. We just don't use it most of the time because we don't know as children of God that we really have authority. We've got to put the authority of God into play in our life. Now, these two words, power and authority. Power. I don't know if we have a, a you probably have a, a, a police officers maybe in the crowd. I don't know if they wear their, uh, their uniform. I don't know if you've met any lately on the road. They're God's delegated authorities in our life. They have power and authority. Power, the word power means supernatural, miraculous power. Here's the illustration. They have, they carry a weapon, right? That's their power. They're not like Barney Fife. You got to understand most of my illustrations are cartoons and TV shows. I'm sorry. I apologize about that. Not very deep in what They're not like Barney Five. They've got the power. And they also, by reason of the badge on their shirt or the badge on their jacket, they have authority. Power, authority. You need both. God's given us both, but uh, how many of you know power without authority is, is a dangerous product? Yes. Are you with me? Say amen. But we have authority. He gave us authority, supernatural, delegated jurisdiction over all devils. <clears throat> we got to know that. <clears throat> Here's another one. Big football players. They're all probably still in bed this morning, but. They'll come to the later service. 250, 60 pound muscle. They got the power, right? That's why they're on the field. But then on the field, there's the referee. He could weigh 150 pounds, but he has authority over the power. He can kick power right out of. So the illustrations of power and authority. <clears throat> As God's kids, we have them both. Somebody say amen. 
We have power and authority. And we need to operate in that delegated authority that God has given us. We've got to know our enemy. We've got to know our new identity. And we must know and operate in our God-given authority. And this is where I want to hang out a little bit. If you have the badge, if you have the authority and are not operating in it as God's kingdom kids, uh, you're missing out on the victory of God in your life. Let me give you a couple of thoughts. Number one, to operate in your God-given authority. We'll call it GGA. Look around, tell somebody, we got GGA. We have God-given authority. Remember, he gave this to his disciples. To operate in your God-given authority requires us to be first surrendered and submitted to the authority of God in our life. If you're an unsubmitted saint, I don't know if that's really possible, but if you're unsubmitted saint, if you're not really walking in the submission of God to his purpose and plan for your life, you're, you're not going to walk in the victory of God for your life. You're not going to be able to operate under the authority of God for your life. He's talking to disciples. He gave it to his disciples, those who were submitted to him, those who were following after him, those who had yielded their life to his purpose and plan. Listen, you got to be under the authority of God before you can ever operate in the authority of God. James said it this way. He said, submit yourselves therefore to God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Say it out loud. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Somebody say amen. So operating in your GGA requires you and I to say and remain submitted to the authority of God in our lives. You don't need to turn there, but Acts 19 is kind of a funny story. It's, it's about the seven sons of Sceva who were not following Christ, but they saw Paul who was operating in his GGA. He was casting out devils. He was healing the sick. And, the, and these, these uh, 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 religious spiritualists, if you will, they saw that and they said, Woo! We won't, we won't in on some of that. And so they found them a demonized guy and they tried it out on him. They weren't submitted to the authority of God, but they tried to operate under the authority of God. In fact, they got this demonized guy and they said, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. They gave it their best shot. And when you don't operate under the God-given authority, the devil will talk back to you. He will stand up to you. He will not flee from you. And I, I'll just do this for fun. I know Jesus. He said, I know Paul. But who are you? And here's the funny part. The devil jumped on what was, there were seven sons of Sceva, the Sceva boys. I don't know if you ever met the Sceva boys, but the Sceva boys, he jumped on them and, and whipped them, beat them up, stripped them naked, and ran them out of town. How many of you don't want to be a Sceva boy? 
Those Sceva sons, they got all mixed up because they were not under the authority of God. So if you and I are going to operate in God's given authority for our life, every day we must yield ourselves to the authority of God in our lives and say, Lord, we submit ourselves therefore to God. We resist the devil that has come against us. And, and, and let me just tell you, resistance is not like trying to resist bluebell ice cream. At, they have bluebell in, in Colorado. Okay. Uh, it's the b- best ice cream in the the whole country. I got it. Okay. I thought it was a Texas thing, being just born in Texas. But hey, it's not like resisting Bluebell. Man, it's standing against the devil. I stand against you under the authority of God in my life. You will not have control over. You ever talk that way? You should. I, you will not have control over my life, my family, the because I'm submitted to God's authority and I'm his delegated authority. Somebody say amen. So you got to operate in your God-given authority, number two, to do that. You must be believers in the authority of God's Word. Whoo! Now, I'm not anti-Bible app, but I think the printed page is pretty cool. Lift it up wherever you are. Where's the printed page? Oh, my gosh. This is not just history. It's his story. And his story, the Word of God, has authority. So we carry the authority of, of power and authority in our own life, but when we yield ourselves to the authority of God's Word, it brings victory. What did, the, hey, what did Jesus do with the devil in the wilderness? He just quoted the Word of God. Do I have to study the Bible? You better. Do I need to memorize the Word of God? You better, you better. Hey, people, hey, my people are destroyed for a lack of God's Word and knowledge in their life. My people go into captivity because they have no knowledge. It's not head knowledge, man. It's heart knowledge. I have my lovely bride here, Beverly. We've been married. How long, Beverly? Help me out. How much? 42 years. Oh, man. We don't look like we've been married over a day over 10, I'm telling you. And I know her. I, not, I don't just know her here, I know her here. That's the, that's the way the knowledge of God works in your heart. So the Word of God goes to work. You need to know the Word, read the Word, pray the Word. And so it's the written Word of God. But number two, I love this angle, it's the spoken Word. Fast track back up to Revelation 12, 11. What did, how did they overcome the devil? Not just because, you know, you can't just take the Bible and put it on your head and go. Oh. Jesus said, it's the word you know that sets you free. He said, if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, John 8, and you shall know the word and the word shall do what? Set you free. It's the word. (coughs) Listen, the word you know will set you free. The word you don't know will keep you in the captivity of the enemy. Amen. So it's the spoken word of God. Job 22 says this. He says, declare a thing, declare a thing. Somebody say, declare a thing, declare a thing, and it shall be established for you. 
You speak it out. You declare the word of God. The model prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Remember that? We prayed that in the, in the uh, uh, prayer room in the back. It's really a declaration. It's not a request as much as it's a declaration. When you read it in the Greek, it means this, come kingdom of God. Come will of God in our life and in our family. It's the declaration of God's word over our life. Amen. And so we declare a thing. We speak the word of God. Isaiah 54, 17. I'll move to it quickly. You can turn there if you like. But this, I've read this so many times, but it's come alive in my heart uh, once again. And so I want you to see it because it just spoke volumes to me when it comes to how we stand against the powers of darkness, how we declare the word and the will of God over our life. Isaiah 54, 17 says this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I like that. And now catch this. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Now go back to what Diabolos means, the accuser, the one who speaks against you, the, the false accuser. And Isaiah says this. He said, when that comes against you, you shall condemn it. The word condemn means to declare that is wrong. Amen. Don't negotiate with the devil. Just say, that's wrong. When he tells you you're, 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 no, you're a nobody, no, that is wrong. I'm a king's kid. You declare it. You, you condemn it by the power of the spoken word of Almighty God. Amen. I love, what, I love the story of David and Goliath. If you can't preach from David and Goliath, you can't preach. Goliath spoke words against him. And David knew who he was. He knew his authority. And he said, no, 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 no. He said, I'm going to take your head off your shoulder. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. He didn't have a sword. <laughs> Think about it. He didn't have a sword. He had five smooth stones in a slingshot, but he knew who he was. And he condemned that word that Goliath spoke over him. And you know, how many of you know, ask Paul Harvey, you know the rest of the story. And we think, whoo, glad he was sharp with the, with the sling and the stone. Yeah, that was a part of it. But he was sharp with the spoken, declared word of God against his enemies. Somebody look at your neighbor and go, come on now. Whoo. This isn't kindergarten, folks. This is spiritual war. So we operate in our God-given authority by staying submitted, by believing in the authority of the Word of God. And number three, by operating and in our God-given authority by being active participants and members and involved family in the local church. What did he tell his disciples in Luke 9, 1? He called them together. He called them together. Whew, it's time we come Come on, it's time we link up in our hearts to, together. We're better together. And listen, when we come together, one can chase a thousand. That's okay, but two can chase 10,000. God is calling Faith Bible Chapel to continue to come together. And if you've got issues with the devil, <clears throat> take it up in the house of the Lord, for goodness sake. I got one or two guys thought that was cool. 
I'm going to try that again. If you got issues with the devil, if there's things you're battling with, take it up in the presence of the family of faith who will stand with you and stand together with you and bind this devil off your life. Listen, if you're battling issues, that hey, we're, hey we'll get together with some faith-filled family and take authority and begin to speak over the Goliaths of your life and stand up and begin to receive the victory that God has for you. Somebody say amen. And then finally today, to operate in your God-given authority requires us, because this is what it's all about in reality, to be actively involved in the fulfilling of the great commission of God. Matthew 28, 19, and 20, I was so thrilled, Nathan, when you shared y'all baptized over 40 people last Sunday right here. Let's just stop and give him some more praise for that right there. That's awesome. Because that's what it's all about. Hey, listen, the whole goal of, of operating in the authority of God for your life is not just to keep, get the monkey off your back, not just to uh, defeat the devil, uh, and not just to stand in your own world and say, whoo, I got the victor living in me. It's to pave the way for the great commission of God to be fulfilled in your life. Jesus said, uh, hey, let all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. I'm giving it to you. Go in all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Spiritual ignorance is killing God's kids. Parents, Paul called them ignorant brethren. Don't raise ignorant kids. We spend all our time and energy, and we should, and then be getting smarter and smarter and make A's. They got to be wise when it comes to the issues of spiritual warfare. Teach your sons and daughters to carry with them the wisdom of God against the powers of darkness. I'm just stirring the pot today. Don't be destroyed. Don't be rendered dumb or silent because of a lack of knowledge in your life. Paul said, pardon me, Solomon said, in all you're getting, Get wisdom. Head knowledge, heart knowledge, wisdom of God, word of God, authority of God. Whew. He gave us authority over all devils. And today, as we stand here, as we come together, the battle is raging. This is the hour for the church, that's you and me, to be able to be a part of that end times church that says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Let's stand together today. As we close out this service, I'm just gonna ask you at home, I'm gonna ask you here just to lift your hands and say, God,
May I be a, the wise son. May I be the wise daughter. And hear the word of the Lord today. And receive the wisdom of God in this spiritual battle that we're all involved in today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That though the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, you've given us uh, authority by way of the fact that we are now children of God and we are sons and daughters of God and we have authority over the devil. And right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to address and speak the word of the Lord into your life. You may be here and to be honest, you can say, Pastor, I've just let the devil gain entry into my life. I've listened to his voice of accusation and false accusing. I've given him a foot and he's taken a mile. If that's you here at home, listen carefully, let's pray. I'm going to take authority because I'm a child of God. He's given it to me. We're going to do it together for you today, wherever you are. And you, you here who are walking in the authority of God, let's agree together. Father, we thank you that, Lord, no weapon formed against us will prosper. Come on, let's declare. Thank you, Lord. No weapon formed against us will prosper. We thank you, Lord, that every voice, every accusation that rises up against us, we will condemn it. We condemn it right now. That is not the truth. We defy it. We defy the lie. We defy the accusation. We defy, defy the false accusation. We stand in the authority of God. And Lord, you've given us over the, the authority over every demon, devil, and the hell, and all sicknesses, both mental and physical. And right now in the name of Jesus we rebuke every demon every devil in hell and we thank you God for victory Lord uh, as as David said to the Goliath you come to me with a sword and a shield but I come to you in the name of the Lord God and we defy every demon power we defy the demon powers that are assigned to this church we pull you down in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. and let's give the Lord of glory some praise today Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for letting me come hang out with you all today. Amen.